as one of the <laughs> last clap slates we're going to have to do for 2020. Mm, I know. I woke up uh, a little solemn today. Well, we're just taking a break. Yes, that's true. But it's not uh, it the has end been of anything. Well, when you think about '81 and we started really hardcore in April, that was a lot of time spent. A daily podcast. Mm-hmm. That was that was hard, but it was fun. We had nothing else to do, so why not? It was definitely fun, and it was definitely hard, and definitely required. You know, we needed it. This is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Thursday, December 10th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, the last episode for 2020. It's a weekly podcast with two producers on opposite coasts. Christian is in snowy New York City. I'm in gloomy Los Angeles. And we're exploring (laughs) what it means to be a good producer as we wrap up this year and come out of this pandemic that we're dealing with. As we work overtime to keep our crew safe and our industry working now more than ever, it's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas. So share your stories with us. We need to hear from you how you're doing, how you're working, how you're keeping your crew safe, email us at producershappyhour at gmail.com. And please rate this show on Apple Podcasts. There's a way you can, you know, like us and tell us you like us without telling us. (laughs) And that's by liking us. (laughs) So share this show with friends, colleagues. You know, it's holiday season. So I know you're around your family, especially, or at least you're on Zoom with them. Mm -hmm. Share the show. We want these stories to be heard. Then this is it. This is the last episode of the year. We're going to take a break for the holidays and maybe a little bit of January, too. I don't know. Um, But today we're featuring part two of our interview with Perry Schaefer and Michael Port of WearSpot, the online community for film industry, mostly advertising. Mostly advertising, some content. A little bit of everything. TV. Yeah, exactly. But before we get into the interview, we have some things to talk about. Christian, I know we always do the credits at the end of the show. But since this is the last episode for season one, I want to do the credits now because maybe some people don't make it all the way to the end, right? Well, I think that um, we should. I know that this show could not have happened without Rob Bloomkey. Mm-hmm. Rob has been like a rock through all of this and <laughs> has also just found the time to be there for us. And Rob is a production sound mixer in New York City. Yes, non-union. Non-union. And just like all of us, found himself without uh, with an empty calendar. Mm-hmm. And uh, Christian, you roped him in and put him in charge <laughs> of a, a myriad of things. And he was the reason we were able to do a daily podcast. Yeah, you took the show, gave it to him, and he would make it into... He would make us sound smart. He'd make us sound smart. Mm-hmm. And how did it work? Like, I would spend the afternoon prepping a show... We'd record in the morning and then I would spend the next several hours editing it. And I was like, wait, this is taking me 10 hours a day to do a daily show. So thank goodness Rob was there to take a bunch of that burden off of us. So thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. We also have Christopher Daniels, who you know personally, who has done our logo and artwork. Yes. Christopher is a treatment designer, layout and image research. He's also he's also a, a creative director for many other brands and things. He's my partner. So uh, I just <laughs> keeping it uh, in the family. You know, guys. hey, you know, buy him a nice dinner and see if he'll make uh, make us a little uh, lovely logo <laughs> and design kit, which he did. So thanks. He to- likes dinner. He likes dinner. We like his drawings. It was perfect match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
And then last but not least, Kyle Puccia has bookended our show with some amazing music. Yes, Kyle is a composer and a musical director. He works on a myriad of projects. He he has. We actually should get him on next season to talk about a couple film projects that he has going on. Musical film projects that he. I would love to hear what that's all about. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. So Kyle Puccia also does music scoring for commercials. Well, what we used to call jingles. <laughs> well, you know, it's content now. So it's, you know, two minute long emotional pieces. That exactly. Tell a story. No, um, I'm sure he can do it all. Yes. So if you need some scoring for a commercial or, or content piece that you're working on, Kyle Pucci is your guy. And you can reach all of them at producershappyhour at gmail.com. So any of these gents you want to work with, reach out to us. Please. And archives of every episode are on ProducersHappyHour.com. You know, a plethora of subjects. We interviewed so many people, especially right when the, the shutdown happened, because everyone was available. I've never had such an easier time <laughs> scheduling interviews. I know. Now it's a little tough to get people on the show. It's a little tough because people are working again. Exactly. People are just, they're very busy. Yes. So all 81 episodes are on ProducersHappyHour.com. If you missed things, if you just found out about us today, you can go back back and listen to us cry on episode four um uh you can hear and seven and seven and well yeah mm -hmm. and you can hear an interview with all kinds of industry leaders and thought leaders and it's all there for you and it's all still relevant really i agree with that i also think that everyone was so generous with their time yes you know and so that there's a big thank you because i they believe if i'm not mistaken we wound up talking to each department that we work with and beyond. Yeah. It, it was just uh, everybody was willing to speak. Yes. And it was that was a really important time because I think, Christian, you and I, we needed to feel connected to all these people mm -hmm. that we work with. And we weren't. Yeah. Community. All of a sudden, you know, our community was no, we weren't allowed to be around them. So we we had to figure out a way to be around them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Thank you to all our guests. And I want to give a special big thank you to you, Sister Christian, because I came at you with this crazy <laughs> idea of doing a podcast and you were so gung-ho. and you're Last like, yeah. well, last year, I know. Last year. Yeah, we started recording episodes in like November or something like that of last yeah, year. Yeah, something. I think so. And uh, you were super gung-ho and I really appreciated that. And when I woke up, you know, the day after the shutdowns and I texted you, we got to do this daily. You were like, okay. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yes. So thank you. This this, this, well, <laughs> this would not be happening without you. Well, I mean, the fact that I was the one you thought of uh, requires a thank you as well. Oh. So <laughs> thank you. And we always do this at the end. But again, we're flipping it around today since this is our last episode of the year. Christian, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you for producing work or just a chat, how do they get just a chat. How do they get a hold of you directly? You can go to sisterchristianproduces.com and my contact info is there and I'm always available. Lawrence, how can people get a hold of you? They can get a hold of me a myriad of ways. lawrencetlewis.com is where all my uh, uh everything is, all the stuff that I've created and uh also I do voiceover work, so voiceoflawrence.com is specifically for that. So two ways. Yes, that silky smooth voice. And it's, it's, uh, it's nice to be able to stay home and earn some money and not have to worry about, is my CCO doing a good job? <laughs> oh, or if they're doing the 
job as expected because yes. this this ties in a little bit to our interview but it's education anybody can call themselves a producer but this this covid compliance officer role has recently popped up and anybody can call themselves that as well so i think you know <laughs> worrying about that is a big deal yes hey lawrence how are you doing Oh, you know, I'm I'm OK. And, you know, I think we talked about this a lot, uh, the stress involved in our jobs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's 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 been a strange few weeks. New shutdowns here in California. So we can't um, safe at home order in Sacramento. Safer at home order. All of it. All of California. So our little neighborhood shut down in terms of outdoor dining. What's happening now is these small mom and pop restaurants are on the brink of collapsing. Well, there's no relief. This started, uh, we devoted several shows to unemployment. Mm-hmm. How, mm-hmm. And now unemployment is creeping back up and there's no, yes, people will stay home and they will wear a mask. They will do all of this if you give them an incentive and there's no incentive. Not even an incentive. Give them money to live off of. I agreed. It, um, not an incentive. Like people need money. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully we can do something today or tomorrow yeah (laughs) what else you i mean what are we how are we getting through the day how what are we telling ourselves yeah do you know what i mean and i think that normal for us especially in the production community is drinks after work yeah totally (laughs) socialization totally i mean i know that as much as i as much as I'm not a big fan of the AICP, I would definitely go to their parties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Christopher and I joke all the time that what are our favorite pastimes? Eating out in restaurants, going to packed dive bars, seeing live shows and and soliciting non-essential businesses. So, that was a bulk well, of our a bulk of our lives, right? Exactly. And so the opportunity to forge a new way um, has been presented, whether we take the opportunity and do it or not. It's up to us. Yeah. I mean, give it, give a little hope. Give a little hope. That was a good way to end the segment. Yes, because we got, we went deep. But I also, um, I, I'm a little, I did wake up a little bit um, sad this morning because I know, like, I know we'll speak off air and I know that we have a few plans moving forward, but I also will miss this. I will miss it too. This is our weekly therapy session and people just get to listen in. So again. Thank you for doing this with me 81 times. <laughs> well, it's more and more feeling like we are the crazy one. Well, OK, well, that's fine. As long as there's another crazy because, one. Then I'm okay. Exactly. Because yeah. um, so, there's some insane practices going on right now. Yeah. Speaking of strange practices out there, this is a perfect segue to the new AICP agreement. Oh, yes. Between all the unions and the AICP about COVID testing and compliance standardization. Mm -hmm. I'll put a link in the show notes. So the link will go to the AICP's summary of the contract. But in the first line of this summary, there's a link to the actual contract. Read whichever you want to read. The summary is much easier. But it covers a lot of things. Okay. Now I'm going to complain. Here we go. Okay. Here's Sister Let's Christian go. for you. Yeah. Okay. So it has been a long time um, concern. And, you know, it's kind of sticks in my crawl that as a production person who is unrepresented mm-hmm. by anything, even an organization, has to know these contracts inside and out. Yeah. And so basically what the AICP has done is dictate to all of us freelance production personnel how to do our job, mm-hmm. which is 
in 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 turn safety for all but where were they when we were all try when we were all figuring this out by ourselves yeah starting in may yeah these are all this this kind of shit drives me nuts matt miller these are all the things christian you and i talked about in many many podcasts before what was it, July 12th, when we were able to go back to work. So now here it is, the end of the year, and finally there's some standardization. And the the thing that makes me so happy is that there's a plan in place and there's no more arguments about how to test, when to test. Okay, Lawrence, I'm interrupting you to say that, but but what they've said is still, I mean... If it's three days before the shoot that people have to be tested, what are what are what if people during the time of the three days aren't acting like proper citizens? Yes, there is still that problem because testing only represents a moment in time. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Right. But I mean, that you can't regulate someone's personal behavior in private exactly. life. No, it's a still a flawed system. The, the testing. Because if you test three days before and you go into a weekend, who knows what people are doing? Yes, that is 100% true. But at least now, Christian, I'm not saying it's safe. We just don't have to come up with a plan ourselves and reinvent it every single job. Okay. I I completely agree with that because I've done it differently Mm -hmm. on the the plethora of jobs that I've done since, you know, May. And I understand that. But this AICP contract, it covers such a small amount of production that goes on. Yeah. That this is for a very specific, high-level clientele who are paying union, who are oh. who are doing union jobs. Right. There are so many jobs. So going many on jobs. That isn't this that aren't so? AICP. Hopefully, this is a guideline. But I can't imagine that four hundred and fifty dollars per person, which is what I'm estimating it at, at the base yep. cost, mm-hmm. is is sustainable. And I, I know that they say in their letter that hopefully this is only a short period of time. So I wonder, I wonder what's going to happen when it comes time for vaccines. Are they, is AICP and IATSE going to require that their members get vaccinated? Right. Yeah. I have, a, there's a, still a lot of questions. And and yeah, how does the, the vaccine rollout is going to be so slow. And I know everyone oh. is so excited about the vaccine, but it's like, come on. No, they shouldn't be. No. There's um. A hundred million doses does not mean a hundred million people. It means 50 million because each run requires two doses. And states don't even know what they're receiving yet. No. So it's going to be a lot slower than we're anticipating. And you, you and I are so far down in the line of receiving it. Oh, God. Like, That's not going to be until next summer at the earliest. Oh, yeah, for sure. So we have at least six months of this moving forward. Well, here's what I want to do. I want to I want to read down all the things this this agreement covers, just in case someone out there is listening. Oh, yeah, they haven't read it yet. But it talks about testing, PCR based mm-hmm. testing mandatory. We don't need to dive into that. I think people kind of know, you know, within three days of your start time, PCR only mm-hmm. lab based or rapid, but rapid PCRs aren't readily available. Right. Yet. There's also stipend for testing, which we know about. Yes. We talked about in the last episode. Was it 150? It's 175. 175. <laughs> pods. Of course, it talks about pods. We know about that. Paid sick leave. Mm-hmm. So this was a new one. You're going to have to have paid sick leave in your budget or maybe yes. it's, maybe it's going to be a, a, a cost plus separate line item or something. But six grand at least that only covers one person for 10 days at 600 a day cap. So you need to budget that. Um, well, the health screening questionnaires, which we, you know, we're we're currently doing. So that's not an I mean, I guess what I'm looking for in this stuff are the added burdens Mm-mm. to production. Oh, sure. 
so far it's all financial. Except the testing. The testing is going to involve scheduling. The testing is going to involve a lot of negotiation with crew because you're going to have crew that comes back says, I was just tested yesterday. Yeah, you need testing testing coordinator. Yeah, Yeah, remember we used to have travel coordinators or Mm -hmm. talent coordinators. Now it's testing Mm -hmm. coordinators. Wow. Paid sick leave, that's a burden on the budget. Well, yeah, and then um, obviously payment required for isolation or self-quarantine upon arrival after travel. But how... I'd like to know, are they going by um, the recommendations of the state of what the quarantine is or do have they come up with their own quarantine? It's, so rules? it's based on the state. So if there's a quarantine right. mandate by whatever state you've flown to, if it's 14 days, the, the, there is a, some or sort of... Or if it's Florida, like nothing. Or is it Florida, like nothing, <laughs> there would be a payment. And then if there, if you travel, this was interesting, you can work for two days straight off the plane with, you know, you have to test before mm-hmm. you fly. Mm-hmm. You can work for two days. You have to test on the third day if you have to work again around people. Right. And so they're, they're saying that because if you caught it on the plane. It then... takes a couple days for it to right. manifest. But, but it, it, it does. But um, do we know whether you're contagious during that time? I, From what I've heard, I don't think you are. But I don't know. Yes. I don't know. I don't think that you are either. But Because there's not enough virus particles in your body to be shedding. So it takes two to three days to develop enough yes. particles to get to mm-hmm. show up on a test to be detected and, and mm-hmm. to be transmissible. There's regulation on the COVID compliance team, which is not much news. But this was this was a good one I found in there deep in there is that if you were to hire somebody who used to have a different union classification, let's say maybe they're a craft service person that is that was union and now is a CCO. You have to pay them as a union craft service person still. Huh. Yeah. Consult your paymaster. That is a way to continue benefits for your, um, for the IATI. I mean, I could see that was a negotiating tool. Absolutely. There is some talk in there about training. They do want all their union members to get trained. And there is a payment, like I think it's 20 bucks an hour or something like that to Mm, go to a training course. Cocktail. Cocktail. Yeah. (laughs) One. One cocktail. Uh, they talk about PPE and who has to provide that. We know about that. Contact tracing and then the low budget provisions to figure out what your tier is in the budget categories. The all the COVID-19 related expenses don't count towards your budget. So that yes. way, the low budgets still stay stay low budget. And that I and I've had to do that more often than not. Separate out the COVID costs so that you know agencies or clients understand you know that the jobs st- still cost the same. Right. These additional costs are because of the current times we were living in. Yeah. So there you go. There's there's the new landscape of what we got to do. All right. Let's get to part two of our part interview two. with Perry Schaefer and Michael Port of Wearspot. It's a page turner. Listen it in. Is. So we've introduced them before, but if you didn't hear last week's episode. Perry Schaefer, through his representation firm, Schaefer Rogers, is proudly aligned with a group of world-class content creators, production companies, filmmakers, animation companies, and the like. He has been responsible for bringing together world-class marketers and content creators to produce important communications for countless Fortune 1000 companies. Long before the term social media was born, he founded Wearspot, a robust social media property that has been providing value to our community for over 20 years. And Michael Port is an advertising executive and entrepreneur. 
He has founded 10 ad tech marketing companies, all involved in the creation and production of broadcast and digital advertising and branding. From ad creative and branding to production, editing, audio, effects, and PR to community and technology. At various points in his career, Michael has been a writer, a producer, director, technology developer, and business executive. Currently, Michael is the executive creative director at The Field, a boutique ad agency and post-production company, and partner in Wearspot.com, the original 20-year-old website, whose slogan is Community and Commerce for Prisoners of Advertising. That's us. That's us. Let's take a listen. Perry, do you want to tell the story about 9-11? Because this is a, that was another sort of moment like this. And we were around and we were doing Wearspot and it really served a purpose as Wearspot is, I think, now with COVID. It's like people don't know the answers because nope, nobody knew the answers, right? So everybody needed to talk to somebody and get, find out what's happening. I have a job. I'm in LA. I'm a producer in LA, but my job shoots in New York. How am I right. going to do that? You know, exactly. These are questions that you can only answer with people who know what they're doing. We actually posted, uh, to your point, just this week about a job in LA. And they were saying like, because I guess something mm-hmm. changed maybe in LA this week. And they- that was Margina Dennis, who was a right. guest on our podcast. And I responded right. to her because I had, I just read the information on Data California website. To your point, you know, we actually started recording these podcasts before the pandemic and we only released one and then it, then it hit. How prescient of you. It was crazy. And I think what happened is it really shifted our focus. Not that what we were setting out to do was not authentic. But I think something like that happened, like it did in 9-11, shifted us so quickly to focus on, well, how is that key grip that I worked with on my last, is he sick? Is he okay? You know, we didn't have this word community, but now it's become such a beacon. We kept relating what was happening with the pandemic to 9-11 because there was a big shutdown at the same time. And all we could do was just seek information. So I'm sure where Spot went through that. If we had our own more fully formed website at the moment, I would say to you, hey, let's put your podcast right on where spot because you are exactly the type of thing that we can help people find, right? right. Because yeah. that's what we do. It's like we this and you're doing what you're doing is very much like what we're doing. So exactly. you know, you're offering yeah. a service. And it's interesting. You mentioned uh the word education. There's vacuum. Yeah. And yeah. my wife is a badass agency producer when she grew up in the business there were agencies like YNR and Gray come to mind as places that were really committed to training. their assistant producers and yeah. training mm. and now there's a generation and and you know how producers have become perhaps mm. devalued mm. on the agency yeah. side mm. that's a whole conversation unto itself totally. but there's a need yeah to educate and there's a vacuum yeah and and we think yeah. about that as as the kind of thing that we can maybe help with etc one of the best eps i ever worked with was at gray forever charlie curran yeah. crossroads and then nola pictures yeah. and my agency producer is my producing partner and if we don't have a solid mm-hmm. relationship from the moment we meet then the job suffers so, oh, road. Road. so, you know, we're counterparts. We're all in this together <laughs> to be cliche, but you know, a solid agency producer who understands production is, is an asset. 
It sounds so simple. It is true. And I, I remember working with an agency producer and I don't remember the name of the agency. And if I did, I might not even say it because it was a really rough process and I just couldn't right. figure out what was going on. What, how was I not getting on with this person? How was this? I just couldn't figure it out. And then at the end of the job, I was talking to somebody and they said, oh, yeah, that agency, they train their producers that production is always trying to get one over on them. You have to be kind of the bulldog. Yeah. And I was flabbergasted. I mean, this was this was several years ago. So, yeah, that kind of culture, I think it's slowly starting to shift. And hopefully, you know, education will help, you know, dissuade those kind of concepts. Yeah. But, you know, again, I think agencies with the, or the holding companies and the public companies, there's more pressure than ever and there's less resources, right? Right. And uh, yeah. web-based. <laughs> well, I hope that producers are listening to your show because what I've seen from, you know, I, I, I haven't listened to the whole. Oh, it's season, fantastic. But I, Sit down like yeah. a week, what, in, a, in a row, just 10 hours a day. Just go one for after, it. One after the other. We should... It, <laughs> We should, oh, what, yeah. do, what do you call it? We should you should binge be binging it. it. You know? Binge yeah. it, yeah. <laughs> I should be binging it. Um, but it's, no, this, it's, it's, it's education. It well, is. We started to educate ourselves too. Like we've been doing it forever, well, but yeah, I mean, well, if exactly. I could learn something from a crew member that I did not know, then I could change the way I produce to be better than I want to. A good producer is a full-time mm-hmm. learner. I mean, and a teacher. lifelong learner, you know. Mm-hmm. And teacher. Mm-hmm. And we're facilitators. So if we can right. learn how to better facilitate something, because times change, technology changes, work methodologies change, yep. and we have to be on top of that uh-huh. to be able to execute what we need to. You know, every day I'm asking or reaching out to somebody to find out what's happening. My business has changed, you know, because this is where spot is our night job. Right. <laughs> right. Um, right. Like you're like your pod. You know, we both have day jobs yeah. just like you. Well, we do, do fantasize. May jobs- I just be honest for a second? We do fantasize that we could be doing this every day. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah. Please. Yeah. So, um, you know, but our day, jobs, our day jobs have gotten very difficult right now. You know, it's all changed. And yeah. it's, there's a lot going on. There's work mm-hmm. happening. Yes. We both mm-hmm. have kids who are in this business. Oh, um, lucky. And they're all working and doing stuff. Yeah, I, I don't I know. know how that happened because we're telling them not to. And in fact, I, I, I had a shotgun saying don't do it, but it all happened. But they're working and there's stuff happening. It's different. And they're teaching us now what's happening out there. Our industry's changed so much, especially since uh, switching over from film to content, going digital, and how we don't watch commercials or advertising the way we used to, right? That just means there's a whole whole lot of production happening that may not all be uniform. Sometimes we find anybody can call themselves a producer. Sometimes we have to fight through too is explaining what a producer does to maybe a crew member who just sees us as somebody who sits by, sits, sits on the couch. <laughs> Look, looks at a budget maybe yells occasionally. <laughs> You know, and tries to get them to do things for less. And that's not all we do. So we try to explain, too, why those things happen. I also (laughs) will occasionally talk to um, some good crew member friends of mine to explain how to negotiate with producers. Because I do feel (laughs) I do feel that we have an opportunity to make a very cohesive and coherent and educated community. And I if people will listen. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying now. And what I will just, what it makes me think of is this. I grew up with IA hardcore crews mm-hmm. here in the East Coast. And 
that way of working in a mm-hmm. lot of DGA and, and and that's one way of working. My son, you know, his first job as a PA was on Jersey Shore. <laughs> and that's, like, you know, that's a show all in itself. You know. Is he on? The, is he on the reboot right now? No, blessedly he's he's moved <laughs> right. on to well. better stuff. The, the range, the range is yeah. so vast, right? Everybody's got their own limited, mm-hmm. you know, experience and differences and, and this, you know, so much context. Yes. And I can say that I've learned many things from, you know, producers that I worked for. I could, I also had an innate ability to learn from their mistakes. Like if I saw something happen That's, that I yeah. did, that I knew was something I did not want to experience, I didn't do that. <laughs> you know, my goal and I, I know Lawrence shares this. If we could be the example, I mean, oh, that would mm-hmm. be great. So if we we have yeah. to keep learning and have to keep talking to people in order to understand what that goal is. Well, I liked what you said earlier. You said, you know, that anybody can call themselves a producer. In fact, <laughs> most people it, do. It reminded me. I, well, I, I'll tell you the story. When I finished college and I came to L.A. and I interviewed with a producer. Century City in one of those uh, triangle buildings mm-hmm. way up high mm-hmm. and, you know, his big, big office with his, and I looked at him, I said, how, you know, how'd you become a producer? He said, I just called myself a producer. Yes. And I said, what do you mean? He says, we just wake up tomorrow morning, look at yourself in the mirror and say, you're a producer. And now you're a producer. So I did that. And six months later, I had a job at an agency as a producer. Right. It was unbelievable. Yeah. It works. That, it still is, works. that is kind of the magic of this mm-hmm. industry. It does. But you have to be yeah. confident enough to do it. It is. You could, if you want it, you have to be willing to listen and learn and do the work. You know, I did the work too. I mean, you know, yes, I got right. the job, but yeah, to do the work, if you can, it's, you can become a producer, you have to stay a producer. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You can only which stay means you, you have to, you, which means you have to be good. You got to be good. You got to do the work. Yeah. But you're right. It's not a, it's not something that's, you know, there's it's not like becoming a doctor where, you know, you go follow these steps. Exactly. You, people come become a producer from so many different directions. I know lawyers like Perry was a lawyer and, you know, I was a film school guy and I know people who were writers and people who were gardeners. I mean, you know, you just have to be smart and you have to be willing to work and you have to be willing to listen and learn. And that's what we do with Where Spot. And I think what you're doing with your podcast, it's, you know, helping people learn that stuff. It's great. I'm reminded uh, of that great joke. It goes like this. It's like the, the five stages of, of your professional life. Stage number one, it's like, who the hell is this Lawrence Lewis guy? I don't know, you know, where he came from. He's like on this job and I never heard of him. And like, okay, whatever, you know, uh, I hope he works out. <laughs> Stage number two, Christian Kendrick. Oh my God. That's just a Christian. She's unbelievable. You <laughs> have to work with her on every job, no matter what. That's the goal. I don't care if you have to change. <laughs> That's the goal. We have to work with Christian. I'm not doing this job without Christian. Stage number three, it's like, what? Lawrence is not available? Uh, I, I don't know. Get somebody like Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Let's get Christian. Let's get Christian. She does the podcast with Lawrence, and and I bet she can do the job. She'll be amazing, and I'm really upset that Lawrence will get Christian. Stage number four is like, I don't know what happened to Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. What yeah, Christian, you know, he's a little off his game on 
of her game on that last job. I don't know if there's something going on personally, right. if there's some Divorce number three. But I don't know. <laughs> One of my very first jobs was at a small independent film production company. They made $1 million independent low-budget features straight to video. I was brand new to it. I thought I made it at that point. I was making, you know, 500 bucks a week. This was everything I ever wanted. And uh, I made really good friends with the casting director. She's not with us anymore, Linda Francis. She told me, okay, look, here's the deal with this place. This is where the people on the way up are meeting the people on the way out. That really just kind of tuned me to what this business was going to be like. And I remember that. Yeah. Harry, what's day. phase yeah. five? <laughs> phase five is like, who the hell is Christian <laughs> Hendrick? Who the hell is Lawrence Lowe? You've been there yeah. at least three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I would, maybe, there's a, maybe there's a phase six for me. I don't know. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, okay. To bring it back just a little bit back into what we were talking about before, um, it feels like we have an opportunity right now to kind of rewrite the rule book on production. And two, I know that I've done, I don't know, eight or nine jobs since the, you know, like I've done a, a string of jobs. So I've been on all kinds of right. budgets and sizes and both coasts. And sure. it's hard. It is harder. And I'm, Listen, I will work until, you know, I don't have to sleep, whatever it takes to get the job done. I think a lot of us have that personality. And I fully and completely admit that it is twice as hard as it was before because of the safety aspect yeah. that we have. Are there things in this right. industry that you'd like to see changed? I know. <laughs> as we kind of rewrite, dun, dun, dun. rewrite the rule yeah, book exactly. here. Yeah, if this wasn't yeah, a we podcast, <laughs> your, your, uh, your listeners could see Perry's face. Yeah, yeah. We call this portion of the interview Designing Utopia. So, <laughs> yes, uh, t- Perry, do you want to take a stab? <laughs> First of all, to your point, I, I really appreciate what, what you said. And I think it's not what a lot of people bargained for. We have a producer visiting us here out of the house, agency producer, and she said, that set life, I live for that. That mm-hmm. being on set and doing what I do in the moment, having this conversation yeah. with the director and pivoting to have the conversation I need to have with the art director about the wardrobe for the next setup, et cetera. It's like, I don't want to be in a world where no. I can't have that. Mm-hmm. Now she's at a point in her career where she can say those things. So I'm just empathizing with what you said. No, but I, I understand exactly what she is saying, because to be honest, you, you need to have that conversation that she's speaking about a week before the job or you'll impact the job. Where before it could be like, we'll go to Gap and grab some more T-shirts, whatever. That's over. That shit's done. It's so hard. I just can't imagine what it's like doing the, the line work, so to speak. Yeah. But in terms of your question, what well, you know, utopia. <laughs> I mean, the biggest problem I see is what I call, sadly, the race to the bottom. <sighs> in other words, there's just so much talent available, and budgets keep getting crushed, mm-hmm. and we we just keep doing the impossible. So, and it sounds, it seems like there's always somebody to, you know, willing to do it and and get it done, and maybe it's good enough. Yeah, and you know. Where does it end? You know, when the agency and production companies keep, right. you know, delivering something that's good enough for X dollars, yeah. you know, inevitably next time it's going to be, you know, 80%. Well, the cycle, like where to break the cycle, I guess would be, you know, 
how we could see it changed for the better. And I don't know where that is because that was always what you would hear from an EP or an, an HOP. Like once we do it for this price, the agency will never look at us again for a job more than 150000 if we take this $150,000 job. But now that's more like 75000 but yes. <laughs> and I think that there's a big change. As you said earlier, Lawrence, you said we're not watching commercials the same way as we used to. So for reasons unclear to me, I was watching the Brown Alumni Film Festival <laughs> a couple nights ago. You okay. found okay. yourself just to me, watching it. Found myself watching that. No, it was, uh, there's, there's a reason. But um, and I, they, I, listen, there was some fantastic, it was the Alumni that Film is, Festival. So it wasn't yeah. the kids, it was people who graduated. And some of the films, there were people who have been around, you know, some more people went to school 20 years ago. So there were some pretty amazing short films that were nice. shown. And at the end of the last one, one of the ones I really liked the look of the directors came on after to discuss, to have a little question and answer. And she says, Oh yeah, yeah, you know, I was at home with my mother because of the pandemic and I just couldn't just sit there. So I decided to do this project. And so she shot it. She acted in it. Her mother acted in it. She said, and I shot it with my iPhone. Now I will tell you this. I saw, I was watching it and I said, oh my God, that looks great. How did she, <laughs> how did she light that and do that? Wow. And then she says, oh yeah. And I shot it with my iPhone and I was the DP as well. It's like, what? You know, it's like, so when you, to your point of mm -hmm. what would I like to see change? It's like, well, we have to, the people who've been doing it for a long time, we like us have to be have able to, to wipe our exactly. brain. Thank you. Yeah, mm -hmm. We have to wipe our mm -hmm. brains and start thinking of the way mm -hmm. things are now. And pandemic changed that even one step further. And I think that that's been the hardest thing for me to wipe my brain. Mm -hmm. I'm still working on it. Uh, I'm in the middle of the reboot. Um, but I saw stuff like that and I go, what the, excuse me, what the hell do I know? I don't know anything. As much as I have been doing this for a long time and I know a lot of stuff, again, I don't know anything, which is the brilliance of what we're doing. This is yeah. why wear spots so fantastic. It will never mm -hmm. not be needed because things change. What you guys are doing is fantastic because it's all different than it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. So my feeling is what's my utopia? My utopia is I wish I was, you know, 20 again. So I could do it all from the beginning, not with none of this stuff in my head about right. how I need that crane to do that mm -hmm. shot. No. Yeah. Put it on the end of a, of a, of a selfie stick. And, you know, fix it yeah. in post. I don't know. You know, it's just, it was amazing. The work that I saw was just so amazing for what they accomplished, yeah. mostly during pandemic. And the work is great. And I'm thinking, and Jesus, I, it, I have done that. I well, don't know. if I may, that, I think that that is why I said what I said earlier when it was people aren't posting everything about what they need because they're afraid of getting the flame, which is people who aren't right, aren't in the same area of their brain, <laughs> they're not in the same reset yeah. mode that you yeah, are, yeah, yeah. are still trying to figure out how to do it the old way. And if we do, the old way is gone, in my opinion, because something yeah. like this changes you. it to the new, changes you. it, just does. I can't help but think about, you know, the union piece, the guild piece, etc. I mean, they are so, they have historically been so valuable and so necessary. And as you all may or may not know, but we were around to see when back, whenever it was, there was a SAG strike, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And what oh, yeah. Uh -huh. was that advertisers learned 
to go offshore to get done mm-hmm. and not pay talent. There was a, there was yeah. a um, voiceovers versus you know uh, actors who could speak English. Well, just <laughs> Australia, where you know they could, they could do it if they have to, but and a lot of commercials don't need yeah. that. Walter Riston, who was the CEO of Citibank, said many years ago, "Dollars go where they are well treated." So the point is, it's hard to stop forces from who want to do things more efficiently and for less money. And, you know, back to the union thing, it's like, I don't know how that balance gets struck. You you know, people want to work and need to work. And these advertisers who decide it's this many dollars, you know, it's going to get done one way or another. The one thing I'm afraid of, and, 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 and I, you know, yes, you can do things cheap, but when it comes to safety, like you're saying, it's like, mm. you still have to be safe. Yes. Yeah. You, if you want to use an iPhone and do it instead of a, you know, a 60 or $80,000 camera, you want to use a thousand dollar camera, go for it. You know, I'm all with you, but don't get anybody sick. And that mm-hmm. really pisses me off when people don't take it all the yeah. way. It's like, yeah. you know, you got to take it all the way. You got to keep people safe and you got to treat people right. You have to pay people for what they do. You know, you still mm-hmm. have to pay people. Feed them well. You pay them well. Pay them to do their Feed jobs. You know, they'll, yeah. they'll perform right. for you. But if you have to do it cheaper, there are ways to do it cheaper. And we have to all learn how to do that. Yeah, but don't cheapen up on food. That's my tip of the day. <laughs> I just saw literally last day or two on Instagram or somewhere, there was a, a service on the freaking train tracks in Georgia where that AC lost her life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it broke my uh, heart just to see her. Around. Sarah. Yeah, yeah Sarah. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Sarah mm-hmm. Jones. Yeah. That specifically, that moment, not that I was ever, you know, a fan of doing anything risky, but really kind of shifted my thinking and really showed us that, showed me as a producer that we are the caretakers of this crew, you know, and the things we are doing that we're asking them to do could put them in jeopardy. And that shouldn't be the case. I was directing a commercial in Mexico. We went back when I directed and my DP, who was one of my best friends, Mm. had a no fly on anything less than a jet with three engines or whatever, whatever it was. And we found ourselves, no, it had to be two engines. I think we found ourselves in one part of Mexico and we could not get from where we needed to go to the other on a commercial flight. So we had to rent an airplane. It wasn't very far, but so I, you know, yeah, it was my budget and I'm going, well, you know, oh, you know, there's this thing we can rent this prop plane. He says, I don't fly props. And I'm like, well, yeah, well, you know, we got to get there. And he's, I don't fly props. And, you know, he was one of my best friends and I, he really screwed up my budget. And this was really a problem. I need, I needed him to go. No, I can't, I won't do it. He stuck by his guns and we, you ended up renting a jet, a little, a little, you know, uh, two, it had to have two, two engines jet. <laughs> and we did this thing and I was pissed off at him for years. And then about six years later, he was hired to do a movie in Asia and he got there and they said, Oh yeah, by the way, we're going to do this whole helicopter scene and you're going to be doing this. He says, I don't do helicopters. And, oh and they fired him. And he went home and they brought in another DP who got killed on that set. Oh. So you have, you have, you know, you 
all this is all by being experienced producers like we are. It's like you you learn these things, you hear these stories, and you bring it in, and you realize you know this is this is work, but it's not worth dying for. And you know, pandemic times were unclear. What it really yeah you know, how's how's this really getting around? What do we have to do? We have to be as mm-hmm. careful as we right. are until they figure it out, and we got to follow the rules, and we have to be on top. Yeah, of it and you actually have to say no. And I feel like that is yeah, a, it's a really no. hard thing that we are not, really we've not been allowed yeah. to do, or we've been taught not to do our industry, but sometimes people want to, they want that boundary of no. So that means they can stop thinking about it and stop asking what else can be done. Because when they say mm-hmm. no, as much as they may not want to hear the word no, it actually stops all the work built around the question. And if no is the answer, it should be no. Right. It's hard though. <laughs> it's it's hard. really hard. We are trained not to ever I say no, but it's so nice yeah. when you oh, do. Oh yeah, yeah. No is not <laughs> an answer because but, we never uh, say it. It's yeah. such a it's such a treat when it happens. <laughs> And I think we're in this weird era where, yeah, things are just not possible in terms of safety. You know, it's like, no, I'm sorry. We're not doing coffee runs right now. I'm not sending a PA out to, you know, would you want somebody else handling risk another exposure? And yeah, yeah, it's like, so yeah, there are some things that just aren't like Christian. We just can't run out to Gap and get, you know, six more Mm. shirts or whatever. Uh, There are some restrictions on how things operate now. Guys, we've taken up a lot of your time and we really, really thank you uh, for joining us on on our last episode of the year. This was a really excellent way of ending it. I really appreciate it. Michael and Perry and Wearspot. It's a great community. Uh, I've been enjoying using it and and getting the help from it. And if people don't know about it, they should find it on Facebook and uh, fill out the form to see if they can. Yes, I've in. certainly yes. been. I think you have, you've got a exactly. waiting list. They can go right to they can find the, the links on Wearspot.com and that's two S's. Yes. Where's spot? Where's dot spot? Com, and then just click on the link. With your permission, we'll post a link to this on our site. We would love that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Oh, we'd love it. We're going to talk yeah. about this. Pleased to have been invited and, and applaud you for all you're doing. That's one hell of a, I mean, a positive note to end on. They're a good couple of guys with like I said, yeah. tons of experience in the industry and the community they've created is a resource for everybody in any type of film production, but especially in advertising. So check it out, wherespot.com. Well, for those of you who stuck around to the end, Producers Happy Hour was edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo designed by Christopher Daniels. And our music was composed by Kyle Puccia. That's it for 2020, guys. We'll see you next year. Thanks what for a listening. Year. What a year. <laughs> Until then, stay safe, stay connected, and stay active. Uh, Just do two things for me. Wash your hands and wear a mask. Please. Please. (laughs) Send us your voice recordings or your emails. We'll use them next year. Producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, how do people reach you directly? One more time, voiceoflawrence.com or lawrencetlewis.com. How about you, Christian? Sisterchristianproduces.com. That's it. Wild ride. It's been a year, man. Yeah. All right. See you next year. Bye.